Hello, and thanks for joining us on the Christian Celebration Center podcast. Our prayer is that this audio will encourage you in Christ and challenge you from God's Word. Enjoy the message. Well, would you please stand? And as you stand, open up to Hebrews chapter 4. You'll find that in the New Testament. Uh, today, we are going to jump into a brand new series called Choose Your Adventure. Choose Your Adventure. And here's the deal. God does so much for us, doesn't he? I like to say that God does all the heavy lifting. But still, in his plan, he gives us the power and the capacity to choose each and every day. Every single one of us make choices. So during this series, four weeks, we are planning to dive into several different choices that actually will affect your life. Hebrews chapter 4 is where we're going to begin and end this message today. I'm going to read verses 9 and 10. The text reads, There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works, just as God did from him, his. And Lord, I pray over these next few moments that your word will be proclaimed and your word will get into us so that we can live it out and experience the benefits of what you have planned. In Jesus' name, if you agree with that, we say amen. Amen. You can be seated. I want you to think about this as we begin this message, and that is, would you prefer to watch a great movie or to read a great book? How many of you would say, I'm going movie every day, right there? How many of you would say, I'd prefer to read a great book? Okay, pretty even, pretty even. Now, those of you that are movie lovers, have you ever watched a movie and it was so good that you never watched a movie again? Or you read a book and you're like, this book is amazing. And and you vowed in that moment, I will never open up a book again. Probably not. Now, I love to eat. There are probably a bunch of us that would prefer a great meal over a great movie or a great book any day of the week. And I've had some great meals. My wife is an amazing cook. However, I've never had a meal where I'm like, I'm not going to eat again. That was so good. And then three or four weeks later, I'm like, I'm still content. I still feel great because of that one meal. No, no, no. That's not how it works. In fact, King Solomon in his old age wrote this. No matter how much we see, we are never satisfied. No matter how much we hear, we are not content. See, this is a a human issue, a human condition, if you will, where we want more. Right? We want to consume more. We want to see more, hear more. We want to experience more. We find that there's this craving inside of us for more. It's hard to be content. It's hard to be satisfied. And I believe that this lack of satisfaction in us shouldn't really be a surprise to any of us. A very smart man named Dallas Willard wrote this. Desire is infinite. Partly because we were made by God, made for God, made to need God, and made to run on God. We can be satisfied only by the one who is infinite, eternal, and able to supply all our needs. We are only at home in God. When we fall away from God, the desire for the infinite remains, but it is displaced upon things that will certainly lead to destruction. He speaks of desire displaced. 
desire displaced. Often our desires are displaced onto distractions, not satisfaction. Anybody beside me vulnerable to distractions? I mean, billions of dollars are spent every single year in order to catch our attention, distract us, persuade us to to buy this, eat this, drink this, be more like this, right? Billions of dollars are spent on that. But even beside all the images that are before us that can be distracting and kind of lure us here, lure us there, even besides all of the images, uh, the reality is that, that every single one of us are vulnerable to the distraction of what one author coined as being this, the twin gods of accumulation and accomplishments. And we can be very distracted by that, of, of, of being persuaded to lean over here, wanting to have more accomplishments, wanting to have more accumulation. It's interesting because the very first commandment that God gave us in Exodus chapter 20, the very first commandment in the Ten Commandments was this, you shall have no other gods before me. You shall have no other gods before me. Now, in the Old Testament times and even uh, in West Africa where we lived for a time in our life, uh, still there are wooden and stone statues that people fear and worship. Now, we are much more sophisticated than that, right? We don't worship statues. Are you serious? Come on. No, we go after status and stuff. What that author called the twin gods of accumulation and accomplishment. So we can be vulnerable at times to distraction. I am anybody else besides me vulnerable to busyness. Of just getting one more thing done. Maybe getting up earlier, staying up later. If I could just get this one more thing done. If I could just get this one more thing marked off my to-do list. If I could just get this one more thing done. Often it's with our work. Maybe it's with our home. It's with our family. It's the kids, the grandkids, the hobbies, the sports, the travel, whatever it might be. Just one more thing. And then when we get that thing done, then it's one more thing. Often when I'm doing one more thing, I'm at times thinking about the next thing. Even while I'm doing the one thing. I'm thinking about the next thing that's on the list. Every single one of us, I'm sure, are asked multiple times throughout the week, how's it going or how are you doing? And the response, I heard it this morning from several people. I might have even said it to several people today. How's it going? Busy. Busy. Sometimes we'll add like, I'm busy but good. Or I'm good but busy. But we got busy, and there are many of us answer in that way. I'm not saying it's bad to answer like that, because I think that some of us, myself included, at times uh, project the word busy because it makes us feel important. It makes us feel like we got a badge of honor, like, hey, I am needed. I am successful. Maybe it's I'm tired, right? And we say we are busy. A couple months ago, I got an audio book called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And that book uh, really helped to impact uh, the preparation for this message. Interestingly, and I would say even sadly, when I got this audio book, I actually sped up the speed so I could get through it quicker. <laughs> I got done and I'm like, that was just wrong. The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And I sped her up. So I could get through it quicker. Wow. 
But, but, but long before, long before the clock started ticking in the world, the, long before the digital age, obviously long before we were born, God came up with a plan. He actually came up with a plan that would help every single person who embraced it to recenter. That would help every single person in the busyness of life to try to step off the fast train that's on the fast track. To try to ruthlessly eliminate hurry or at least slow it down a little bit. To try to, to, to hit pause on the, the restlessness and the lack of satisfaction and the craving for more. And his plan, God's plan from the beginning, something called Sabbath. Now my desire is that every single uh, person who is a part of this church um, grows to be a healthy follower of Jesus. Because, because there's so much at stake. And in the scriptures we find various spiritual disciplines, if you will, or rhythms that uh, we are to um, implement in our lives which help us be healthy. Help us be more healthy emotionally, relationally, physically, and spiritually. And God came up with a plan at the beginning. It was called Sabbath. Now, the most, um, the, the most common uh, definition of Sabbath is the word to stop. Now, Sabbath, our English word, comes from the Hebrew word Shabbat. And it has uh, several meanings. So as we put it under the, the microscope, this Hebrew word, we come to find that there are several significant meanings and purposes, I believe, that can affect and influence even this week that you're getting ready to step, in, step into. The first one, as I mentioned a moment ago, is the definition, the translation, to stop. Now, most of us don't like stop signs because they slow us down, right? Wouldn't it be great if you, the only person on earth, never had a stop sign? And you just zoom through. Green lights, green lights, no stop signs. Just go, go, go. Be nice. But it's not practical. It wouldn't be safe for everybody else. Stop signs do slow us down, but we all know that stop signs actually save lives. And if you've ever been to any countries as I have that don't believe in stop signs, you know what I'm talking about. They slow us down, but they save lives. Sabbath means stop. It's the most literal meaning of that Hebrew word. Well, to stop what? What are we to stop? Whoop, stop. What are we to stop? Well, I, I would submit that we are to stop the, the three big dubs, the three big W's, working, wanting, and worrying. Jesus said this, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food? And the body more than clothes, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father takes care of them. And how much more valuable are you than some birds? See, the Sabbath was created to be a day when we would stop working. Stop going after that one more thing. Stop striving, earning. Stop studying. Stop accomplishing Stop creating just to stop. Sabbath was created to be a time when we would stop wanting. I'm talking about wanting more things, wanting more stuff. I've read in the Old Testament that, that during the, the Sabbath time, there was not to be any buying or selling for that entire day. 
for that entire day. It was not to be any buying or selling. I've also read, not in the Old Testament, that the storage unit business and industry in the United States is $38 billion a year. Do we have a problem? See, Sabbath is created to be a time when we, we just pause and say, you know what? Mm. Now that I think about it, maybe I don't need that new pair of shoes. Maybe I don't need that next style. Maybe I don't need that new set of decorative pillows to replace the 45 other sets that we have for our couch. Maybe I don't need that flower to plant. Maybe I don't need that whatever, 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 whatever. Sabbath was a time that God created to be a time when we just we stop and we say, you know what? I'm content. I'm content. Sabbath was be a time when everyone would, would stop worrying. And Jesus went on in that passage in Matthew 6 and said, Can any of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? In other words, does worry ever help anything? Now we're all pretty good at it, but it doesn't help anything. A, a moment spent worrying is a wasted moment that you never, ever, ever get back. Sabbath helps us to take moments when we say, you know what, I, I'm not going to worry about that. I'm going to relax. I'm going to trust God. A time to recenter, a time to refocus. God's plan to stop working, wanting, and worrying. Now, practicing Sabbath can bring hives to some of you even right now. I can feel it. You're like, Pastor Keith, you have no idea what my schedule is. You have no idea what I'm trying to pull off. and You have no idea all that, uh, that is my responsibility. But hang with me for just a few moments. Because Sabbath was a time that God created so that we would stop the things that bring stress. Even some things really good, like working hard is really good. But God set it up so that there would be a time, a segment of time when... Those things were stopped. And you might think, well, I have too much to do. There's no way I could do that. I want to give you just a little news flash right now. And that is, if you Sabbath, the earth will still spin on its axis tomorrow. In case you were wondering. If you Sabbath, God will still be on the throne tomorrow. Just like he is today. The difference is, you might notice him more. That's what happened to a, a lady named Mary. Mary was pumped out of her mind because Jesus and his disciples were coming through their, their, their village and they actually stopped at her house and they wanted to come in and spend time. And, and Mary sees this as the opportunity of a lifetime. And so as, as, as Jesus and his disciples come in, Jesus is talking, Mary just, begins, just sits down, just plops down right there. She plops down right there and just is hanging on every word that Jesus is saying. She might have even been worshiping him. She just, she just stopped. She just stopped everything else, plops down, and just spends time with Jesus. But interestingly, she had a sister who saw things completely different. Her name was Martha. Martha was the type of person that when she got up in the morning, she got onto the treadmill of life, hit power on, and she started going. And then she started increasing the speed. And then on the treadmill of life, she just kept hitting it. And that's how she went throughout the entire day. Anybody do that during your entire day? You just go, 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 go. That was Martha. And Martha looks over, and she's doing this, 
Mary is plopped down, sitting at the feet of Jesus. I mean, how lazy is that? And she says to Jesus, Jesus, look at my sister Mary. Look at this. Look at all the things that I need to do. Look at all the work that I need to accomplish. And Mary is just sitting there doing nothing. Martha, I'm sure, was running in and out of the room. Probably the things she was saying to Jesus were in little bits and pieces. Like, make sure you talk to Mary. She's not doing anything. And Martha is just going, going, going. Finally, Jesus is like, Martha, Martha. Ever had your parents say your first and middle name? Yeah, you better come running. Martha, Martha, you're worried and troubled about many things. Only few things are needed. Indeed, only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken from her. In other words, Martha, choose your adventure. You do you. You keep up that pace, even do the incline if you want. And just keep going all day long. You do you. Choose your adventure. But Mary has chosen her adventure. She has chosen to stop. She has chosen her path. She's taking moments right now in the busyness of life to just stop and sit at the feet of Jesus. And Jesus says to Mary, Martha, it says to Martha, Martha, you're not going to take that from her. You're not taking her stop sign. Sabbath was created by God to be a time when we stop. When we stop. Another meaning and translation of this word Shabbat in Hebrew and Sabbath in our English is this, to rest. To rest. You know, God actually came up with the whole concept of rest. We see this in the very beginning. We're talking Genesis chapter 2, verse 1, which says, Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. And by the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all of his work. God rested. Would you let that sink in for a moment? God rested. But I have so much to do. God rested. But I'm so busy. God rested. So many people are depending on me. No, no, no. God rested. Would you let that sink in for a moment? God in his divine wisdom, after creating the universe, set this in motion. I came across a quote which I absolutely love and it can apply to a lot of areas in our life. And it's this. When you go against the grain of the universe, you get splinters. And God set this up to be a way in which we live. This word uh, there, rested, in the Hebrew is the word Shabbat. So God, after creating the universe, the very next thing that he did is he Shabbated. That's the very next thing that he did. He Sabbathed. He took time to rest, to cease from exertion. To Sabbath or not to Sabbath, that's the question, right? I want to say it's your choice. You can choose your adventure. But I want to submit to you today that God knows what he's doing and God's ways work. Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. His ways work. Genesis chapter 2 verse 3 says, then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. He set it apart as special because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. He set it in motion as a way to help us be healthy emotionally, physically, spiritually, relationally. And we need it. Yesterday I 
noticed that my little thing went off on my car that my fuel was low and I had 50 miles or whatever it was and I know from experience that I'm going to get another one at 25. And so I was like, okay, super cold. Okay, fine. Pull in and get gas. Why? Because the tank was low. How many know as humans our tank gets low? Right? We feel it. The bandwidth is like, we're tired, we're drained. And this was something that God instituted right after creating the universe, the very next thing that he did as a way for us to refuel, to be refreshed in his presence. Those of you that know your Bible, you know that keeping the Sabbath is one of the Ten Commandments. Has that ever surprised you as you read through that list? Like, do not kill, get it. I get it. That needs to be in there. Do not lie, yes. Do not steal, do not covet. Like, of course, we need to have those. Thank you, God, for having that in there. Bring some order to the society, because I would never do any of that stuff. We've all fallen. But I find it interesting, and maybe you do as well as you stop to think about this, that keeping the Sabbath is in the Ten Commandments. Do not kill. Okay, yeah, we get that. Do not murder, do not steal. Make sure and rest. Like, what? It just almost doesn't fit, seemingly. But yet God has it in there. We find this in Exodus chapter 20, verse 8, where God said, Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord, your God. On it you shall not do any work. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Right there in the middle of the Ten Commandments, God says, you need to make sure and rest. In fact, it's good for you to do this once a week. It's also interesting that keeping the Sabbath is the only spiritual discipline that's listed in the Ten Commandments. There are other spiritual disciplines that we read about in the New Testament that, and throughout the Word of God that help us grow and be healthy as a follower of Jesus Christ, right? Um, praying, reading the Bible, very important, witnessing, fasting, serving, giving. These are all spiritual disciplines that help us stay sharp, help us to grow as a follower of Jesus. We need to be engaged in these and Sabbathing. Interestingly, the only one of those spiritual disciplines that we talk about a lot is Sabbath. It's in the Ten Commandments. It must be a pretty big deal to God. Exodus 20, verse 9, right there in the middle of the Ten Commandments, says this seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. To the Lord. Now, the Sabbath is for us. Jesus said that. The Sabbath was made for man. It was a gift for us. The Sabbath was made for man. But what we see in Scripture is that we cannot lose sight of the fact that the Sabbath is actually also for God. That this is to be a, a day set apart to the Lord. To the Lord. It's a day in which he receives more worship, more attention, more honor. It's a day when he receives more gratitude. It's a day in which he receives love coming back from his people for all that God has done for them throughout the week. A day to rest. Leviticus 23 says, It is to be to you a Sabbath of complete rest, and you should humble yourselves. It's a day when God 
receives glory. And we see in Scripture, when we see these, these, these meanings of, of this word Shabbat in English, Sabbath, to, to stop, we talked about that, to rest, to actually rest. To actually rest. And then finally, I just want to mention this one. Another translation of this word in the Hebrew is to delight. To delight. To take moments every week when we pause, when we stop, when we rest, and we just enjoy. When we enjoy God's good and perfect gifts. A time in which we have set apart ourselves so that we can smile, relax, take a load off, where we can just enjoy with gratitude his good and perfect gifts. Family, friends, might be music, might be being outdoors. It might be the union of chocolate and peanut butter which have come together. Just enjoying, just enjoying God's good and perfect gifts. Sometimes we're like Martha, and we don't even smile. Sometimes we are go, 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 go. We're not even taking time to worship. Sometimes we're go, go, we don't take time to breathe. Sometimes we don't take time to enjoy, to straight up just enjoy God's good and perfect gifts. This concept of, of Sabbathing is, is not um, talked about a lot. It's probably the first time I've ever spoken a message about it that I can remember anyway. It's a concept that is foreign maybe to uh, how we were raised, foreign maybe to how we're leading our lives right now. And you might be once again saying, yeah, right. Like actually doing that. Actually having a segment of time or a day every single week when I actually stop and I actually rest. And you're thinking, no way. My schedule won't allow it. But before you give up on this God-given concept, I want you to think about some of these realities. Gratitude. Contentment. Rest, enjoyment, margin, clarity, quiet, slowing down, deeper relationships, deeper friendships, deeper and more full closeness with God. How do those sound? See, many of those things are not a reality in our life unless we stop, rest, and delight. And so what I want to do is just to close out this message with three practical tips for Sabbathing well. Just three basics for Sabbathing well. For some of you, maybe you've been doing this for years. Others of you, you're like, oh man, I don't know, I'm going to read the Bible again. Um, read it. Because there are 179 instances in the Old Testament when Sabbath is taught and referenced. New Testament, you're going to find a lot more. So read it. You're going to come across this if you read your Bible. Three practical tips for Sabbathing well. The first one is this. 
don't be legalistic about it. Don't get legalistic about it. That was the problem that uh, people were having in Old Testament times and even in Jesus' day 2,000 years ago when he walked the face of this earth for three years. Don't be legalistic about it. Don't get legalistic about it. Don't point fingers at other people. Don't condemn yourself if, if you, you walked out of your house and you went three feet instead of two. Like, that, that, that stuff's not even in the Bible. These are added things that the, that the uh, ancient Jews added to the list. Don't get legalistic about it. It is an Old Testament command. It is a New Testament rhythm, practice, spiritual discipline that we see in Scripture. But even Jesus didn't get legalistic about it. Jesus practiced the Sabbath. Did you know that? He practiced the Sabbath. But he also healed on the Sabbath. It's okay to help people on the Sabbath. Jesus practiced the Sabbath. His disciples uh, consistently and faithfully practiced the Sabbath. One day they were walking along on the Sabbath and they were hungry. And so they, they plucked some, some um, wheat. And people around them said, that's work. You should not be doing that. You've just broken the law of the Sabbath. And Jesus is like, guys, get a life. They're hungry. You see, we can't get legalistic about it because when we Sabbath well, we know there are still things that need to be done, depending on our life chapter, depending on our responsibilities. Still, you probably need to change your kids' diapers. You probably need to take a shower. You might need to shovel the driveway. You see what I'm saying? There are things that still we need to do. It's not a, a time where we're like, I'm not doing anything. I'm just laying comatose in my bed. It's not that. It's time to stop, to rest, to refresh, and to delight. Don't get legalistic about it. I've come to really look forward and to prioritize Sabbath in my life. Uh, for me, normally it is Friday. And there, there are many, many, many times when I, uh, I'm not able to have a, a full 24-hour Sabbath. I don't get upset about it. I just don't get upset about it. There are things sometimes that need to be done. There are people that need to be reached out to. There are, there are things that I have to accomplish. So I don't always get a 24-hour Sabbath. That's actually kind of rare. But I, I do my best and I try to prioritize that. I've come to look forward to it. If I know I'm not going to get my Sabbath and that Friday is going to be pretty full of things, I try to take elements of Sabbath and put them other times throughout the week. Or... If I don't have that opportunity, then I really, really, really prioritize it the next week. Because for me, if I blow past my Sabbath, about day 10, I start to feel it. And it's possible my family starts to feel it from me. It's important. I prioritize it. I look forward to it. It doesn't always look the same, but just for me in this chapter of life, as our kids are, are older, I'm able to do some things like this, like having a, a lot longer time with the Lord in the morning. That's my, that's my MO. I do that. Lacey knows that. She's very supportive of it. I, I you know, drink a couple cups of coffee. I might even take a nap sometime during the day. We get to spend extra time together. If it's warm out, you're probably going to see us on a bike ride. We bought a tandem bike a year or two ago off Facebook Marketplace. And Man, that is a great day, and that's something that we often do on the Sabbath, just spending extra time together. It's unhurried time with the kids. It's slowing down. It might um, having some special snacks. It might be watching a movie. Do you get what I'm saying? It's doing some more reading. It's trying my best to stop, to rest, to delight. And I've come to really look forward to it. But don't be legalistic about it. 
how you Sabbath, when you Sabbath, might look very different than me. There are many people that love uh, having dinner with their friends. That's, that's the highlight of their Sabbath. Others, like getting together with their life group, highlight of the Sabbath. Might be sleeping in. Do you get what I'm saying? It could look different for everyone. Let's not get legalistic about it. And a side note, for those of you who are married, I encourage you to support your spouse in their desire to Sabbath, understanding that their ways to rest and refresh might look different than yours. <laughs> for her... It looks different than me. Let me just tell you. I'm like, let's, why don't we go on a jog? Never happened. She's like, hey, let's go shopping. I'm like, it's my Sabbath. <laughs> Very different ways of resting and refreshing. But try to support your spouse in their desire to practice one of these spiritual disciplines that is in Scripture. The second practical tip I would throw out there is this. Be specific. Try to be very, 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 very specific in what responsibilities and tasks and thoughts you do need to rest from. What are the, the, the specific responsibilities and tasks that you need to like, hold up a stop sign to? You say, not today or not during this period of time. Or, or what are thoughts? I, I deal with this when I'm Sabbathing. It happened just a couple days ago, trying to Sabbath, and, and then I started thinking about what it, things I needed to get done. Things that are important to get done, I'm like, and I had to be like, stop, stop sign. That will wait for tomorrow. The world won't end. And if it does, let me know, okay? It's okay. So be very specific. Did you know that God was very specific in what he was Sabbathing from? It says in Genesis chapter 2 that he rested from all the work of creating. He was very specific on what he rested from. I encourage you, be specific on the responsibilities, tasks, and thoughts that you do need to rest from. Does that make sense? really helps to be specific. Maybe it's problem solving or creating or the next project or the next item on the list. It's the job, etc. And number three, practical tip for Sabbathing well, start somewhere. Everybody's schedule is different. Everybody's responsibilities is different. Start somewhere. Recently I had a conversation with a college student and they, um, they, they were talking about their schedule and I, I was sharing with them some things that I was learning about Sabbath. And so we had this conversation and then uh, he began to process through his normal week of his classes, of his, of his uh, different uh, leadership responsibilities, of his job this, that, and everything else. I started listening to that. And he's like, there's no way that I can take an entire day off. And I'm like, I get it. I totally get it. I've been there. Here's, here was my counsel to him as a college student. But what are some elements of Sabbath that you can implement at different times of your week in smaller portions? It might be a Monday evening. It could be a Thursday afternoon. What are elements of Sabbath where you stop, rest, and delight that you can implement into your week? Because everybody's schedule is very different. This is going to be hard uh, for some of you who are not practicing Sabbath. This is going to be hard. This is going to be hard. It's hard to turn this guy off up here, right? It's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. But I encourage you. I encourage you to consider what the word says. Maybe to have a conversation with someone. Maybe even to this week begin to implement this in some way, shape, or form. You do not have to practice Sabbath in order to make it to heaven. Let me be clear. But why not get maybe a little taste of heaven? God 
just might, just might know what he's talking about. Maybe. Maybe. I'm no expert. God knows what he's talking about. And God implemented this at the very beginning, right after creating the universe. He's like, here's next step. Boom, here's what we got to do in order for us to be who he wants us to be. He wants us to be healthy. He wants us to be a healthy follower of Jesus, healthy in our relationships, healthy emotionally, healthy physically, and healthy spiritually. God wants us to be healthy. Now, we began in Hebrews 4. Now we close in Hebrews chapter 4 because God always does things for many different reasons. And implementing Sabbath was another way in which God the Father was pointing to Jesus. I love this. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 9 says this, There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. Speaking of a, a special rest for the people of God. See, God rested from his work on the seventh day, the work of creating. He rested. Scoot up here so I can see everybody. He rested from his work on the seventh day. And it wasn't because he was tired. It was because he was done. He was done creating the universe. He did it. He wasn't worn out. If I could just have a lemonade right now. He wasn't worn out. He rested because it was completed. Remember what Jesus did after finishing the work on the cross and rising again, ascending to the Father? What does it say that he did? Sat down. Was it because Jesus was so tired? Oh, rising again took everything out of me. Come on. Jesus wasn't worn out. He's God. No, he sat down because it was done. And Jesus... As you practice Sabbath and God the Father at the very beginning of time, we're pointing to Sabbath, pointing to Sabbath. It's more than just a time each week when we stop, when we rest, and we delight. It's more than that. It was pointing to a special rest that someone who places their faith in Jesus can have, a true soul rest. Where now I don't have to strive for forgiveness. I don't have to strive for God to love me. I don't have to strive for God to, to think about me. It's rest. I don't have to earn my salvation. I don't have to earn my place in heaven. Rest. I'm telling you, that is a great way to live. That's the rest that God envisioned for people as they placed their faith in him. And for many of you in this place, you've given your life to Jesus. He's, you're following him. He's your Lord. He's your Savior, right? But are you living from a place of rest, spiritually speaking, where it's like, no, I, I'm convinced God loves me. I'm forgiven. I'm forgiven. I'm empowered to live a life of holiness. I don't have to earn his favor like he loves me. Stop trying to earn it. Stop striving for it. Rest. That is the special rest that the Lord is talking about in Hebrews chapter 4. For anyone who enters that rest, God's rest, also rests from his own work, just as God did from him. He's not referring to your 9 to 5. He's referring to the work of salvation, of trying to earn our way to God, which they did for centuries until Jesus came. And now we are given a gift where we can actually rest and live for him out of a place of 
rest rather than trying to impress God. Would you please bow your heads with me? I want to give opportunity in this place for those who are here and you have not stepped into that deep soul rest. You have not stepped into that rest where you walk out of this place and you know that no matter what happens, you're right with God. No matter what happens, you have been forgiven. You have been forgiven. He looks at you and loves you no matter what. Like you know, you know, you know, you know, you know that you are right with God. That's the rest that God offers. And it happens through faith in what God has accomplished. And for those who are here today and you have not yet taken that step to place your faith in Jesus, you have not yet taken that that step to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior and enter into that salvation, eternal rest in him, God offers it to you and invites you to take part, whether you're a teenager or an adult in this place. And if you're saying, yeah, I want that. I want to be right with God. I want to make him my Lord and my Savior, receiving forgiveness of sins. Would you just slip up a hand right where you're at right now with the opportunity to pray with you before we leave today? Yeah, others, lift up a hand. Balcony, main floor, anybody else? Yeah, lift up hands. Yes, I want that rest. I want to be right with God. I saw a couple people raise their hand. There might have been more, and here's the thing. God makes it very clear. This is a gift. You don't have to do anything to get it. It's a gift. It's a gift. And whoever calls on the name of the Lord will receive this gift, this gift of salvation. And as you're calling on him, what are you doing? You're believing. You're not working. You're believing. It's faith. Faith, faith. And I want to lead in a prayer, a prayer of faith, and ask those to lift it a hand, the desire to be in right relationship with God, to pray this prayer with me, even repeat after me. And believers who are in this place, would you also join us in this moment as we pray by faith, Lord Jesus, I have sinned against you. I have failed you time and time again. I don't deserve you, but I hear that you love me. And that you came and died on the cross and rose again on the third day so that I could have the opportunity to be saved. Thank you, Jesus, for paying the price for my sins. And thank you, Jesus, for giving me this moment right here, right now, to accept you as my Lord and Savior. I profess my belief in you, and I ask you now to be the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can we give the Lord a clap offering right now? Thank you, Jesus. If you called on the name of the Lord, word says you will be saved. Please tell someone before you leave they might want to pray with you and they're going to want to encourage you. We have even next steps cards that are in front of you. Why would you fill one of those out and put it into the, either of the red boxes so that we can be praying for you by name this week and even get to you a gift that will help you take your next steps. Would you please stand? I'm going to ask the elders who serve so faithfully in our church to come stand here at the front. That is our pastors, spouses, and board members and spouses. And we just want to give you opportunity as you're leaving today. If you need special prayer about anything, we will pray for you for as long as you are here. If you want to come and just spend time in the altars, you are welcome to do that as well.
And now I pray, God, that you would enable us, Lord, to be people who follow you. God, I pray that we will be a people who grow in the spiritual disciplines and the rhythms that you lived in order for us to be healthy emotionally, physically, spiritually, relationally. God, I pray to you because you're the God of hope who brings peace and joy to all who trust in you. And so may we walk in that this week. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Have a great week. If you'd like prayer, please give us the opportunity to pray with you. Thank you for listening. You know, we believe God has something amazing in store for you today. And now is the perfect time to take a few moments and pray about what you just heard. If this message spoke to you, we would love to hear about it. Send us an email to office at cccmidland.com or connect with us on your favorite social media at CCC Midland.